I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to Kilowatt, the Tesla podcast and other electric news, EVs, solar panels. So I'm going back to a simpler format because I think all those stories that I was doing, it's a little too much and it, I start to babble. As you know, I do this late. Right now it's the earliest I've done it in a while. It is now 10 o'clock Phoenix time on a Friday night. So that's good. Um, so I'm going to pick three stories tonight. And uh, who knows, as if I actually improve as a podcaster and learn and get better, then what I'll do is I'll add more stories. But for now, I think I just need to keep it a little bit more simple because I get towards the end of these things, I get a little um, blabby. <laughs> I just, I don't know, I just ramble. And, uh, you know, it, it's hard to fill the time, so rambling and making no sense that's what i do and by the way i do that in my real life um, at the best of times so today we have three stories i'm really excited about it uh the first one is from electric and we talked about this a little bit before uh where elon musk sent an email out to all of the tesla employees saying Hey, keep your nose to the grindstone. We're very close to having a profitable quarter. It's really important because we have all these Model 3s that we need to make, so we need to raise some financing and, uh, you know, get some investment and make stock price go up so that we could actually afford to produce all these cars, which is in the number between 300 and 400,000 Model 3s on top of the Model S's and the Model X they're currently making. Well, it turns out it that that's profitable quarter which hasn't happened in three years is looking closer and closer to actually coming to fruition so um, at the moment tesla is offering discounts uh, to move inventory up to seventy five hundred dollars off which is pretty huge again and i think i've made this very clear on this podcast I can't afford a Model S, I can't, uh, can't afford a Model X, even if they're used, even if you get give me $7,500 off, I still cannot afford those cars. So, um, this doesn't help me, but if you're looking to buy a Tesla Model X or Model S before September 30th, which is the end of the quarter, you're looking at some deep discounts. 
Another thing Tesla is doing to move inventory is to actually have inventory available. So instead of, you know, taking one, two, three, or even three weeks to get a car, sometimes you can actually drive a car away a day or two later because they have a lot more inventory. And they also have an online tool that uh, suggests a car similar to the one you're specking. So if you're specking one out, and let's say it's a... You know, you want the 60 kilowatt hour battery, you want it in red, and you want it with black trim and blue seats or whatever. The tool will come up and say, hey, we got this exact same car, but it's got cream seats. Would you like to buy it today? We don't even have to build it. It's just right here. And you can drive away with this car today or, you know, whenever it gets to you. So that's exciting news. Um, more than anything, it, it would be... Uh, Nice to see Tesla be profitable. So that's exciting for me. Next story. This is from TechCrunch. Mike Butcher. You know what? I'm going to go back here. That last story was electric. Uh, Fred Lambert. This is from TechCrunch. Mike Butcher. Earlier this week, Apple was rumored to uh, be interested in purchasing McLaren, the luxury automaker and race car team guys um, today or yesterday McLaren de denied the rumor and for me when I first heard this news I was like well that's that's interesting um, I don't I couldn't afford a I can barely afford a Model 3 I could definitely I couldn't and I'm a Apple fan but I definitely couldn't afford a McLaren so I wonder what Apple's looking at um, don't know a whole lot about McLaren, but what I do know is, you know, they have one of the best racing teams in Formula One. So, um, what this article in TechCrunch is saying is that Apple's more than likely looking at McLaren Applied Technologies, which is kind of like the big data arm of McLaren. Wait a second, I'm going to take a drink here. <clears throat> Sorry about that. If you think about it, this McLaren Applied Technologies is like the Google of McLaren. It spend, it takes all of the data that McLaren collects and then applies that to not only the, the company, McLaren, but also outside industries like research for health and um, all sorts of stuff. So this makes sense why Apple would be interested in, if not owning McLaren, um, investing and having access in this data because right now Apple's car company if it is even a car company is in its infancy whereas Tesla has millions of miles of data that it's collected over I don't know since 2014 I think is when they had that ability maybe a little bit before that they had millions of miles of data that they've been collecting Apple doesn't have that Google has that with their self-driving cars Apple has nothing, so this would be a good way for Apple to get its hand hands on big data in terms of, you know, cars, in terms of the technology that McLaren's using and putting in their cars. This would be a really good way for Apple just to say, you know what, we've got money, let's just buy them. I don't know how much McLaren would be worth. I think I saw somewhere around $3.5 billion, which to Apple, that's, you know, that's like uh, me going out and buying an Xbox. That's that's essentially the same thing to Apple. It might even be like Apple 
Apple buying McLaren might even be like me going out and buying a $50 action cam. Uh, they got like $200 million in the bank. So this isn't uh, exactly a... It's a it's good value for the dollar for them. But McLaren has come out and said, hey, you know what? We're not in any talks to be acquired by Apple. Um, nothing to see here. But it may be, like I said, that Apple may invest in McLaren, and in that with that investment, they may get access to this data of McLaren applied technologies. And finally, man, this podcast is going quick. Maybe I'll add another story next week, because right now we're at seven minutes, and I'm almost done. One more drink to draw this out. So The Verge, uh, this article is written by Jordan Golson. Tesla plans to unveil the solar roof with integrated battery and charger on October 28th. Uh, Elon Musk, late night, one night, just tweeted out that they were going to do this. They were going to have an event on October 28th and talk more about this. This is, falls into line with um, Tesla's master plan, part D, which we talked about on an earlier podcast. This also falls in line with earlier this year... Elon Musk came out and talked about how um, having we could actually generate enough clean power by having every, it was a percentage of houses, I can't remember exactly how it was, but it was a percentage of houses having solar panel, panels feeding into a smart grid system. This is a wonderful idea. I'm all for this. What he's proposing is having a roof. So rather than having tiles on your roof or asphalt shingles on your roof, your roof would be made up of solar panels. And I don't know if the entire roof would actually be a solar panel or there would be solar panels and then panels that look like solar panels, but they don't do anything. They just look like solar panels. There's another company that makes solar panel roofs like this, and that's what they do. They have panels that just kind of look like solar panels, but they're not really. So I'm not really um, 100% sure. It makes more sense to have every panel be a solar panel, and that way when you feed back into the grid, you're actually helping this, the, the, the overall grid out. So if there's places that need a little bit more electricity, uh, that is that energy is being fed back in, and they can use that and pull from it. So I don't know if this, like I said, I don't know what his plans are, but it does include the solar roof, with a battery pack and uh, like the power wall and a charger for your Tesla. So this goes, you know, makes sense. This this is why they're buying Solar City. If for some reason they the Solar City merger doesn't go through, I'm sure that uh, they'll still do this. They'll just partner with Solar City to get this done. Uh, the merger is very close, but it still isn't um, complete. So here's the thing. This is good because it helps create clean energy, right? And it's all an integrated solution. And in Elon Musk's plan or head or what he's communicated thus far is that this whole thing would be connected, whether it's connected across the state, across the country, across the world, this, this whole system would be connected. And we could wean ourselves off of dirty fuels. Here is the bad part. Now, I've mentioned before I'm a firefighter. I'm on a ladder truck. If you don't know, 
uh, firefighters that are on engines. They're the guys that go in and you're most familiar with. They have the, you know, they have the hoses. They're going into interior. They're putting out the fire. Now, what a ladder truck does is a little different. We give those guys relief. When you go into a fire, obviously heat rises. And as that heat hits the ceiling, it starts coming down. And in order to give those guys some relief, the ladder truck goes on the roof, cuts a hole in the, la in the roof, and then allows that gas to escape, that heat, superheated uh, air to escape. And that gives the engine relief, and then it also gives them visibility. Because just like in the movies, it shows a light haze. That's generally not really the case. There are times when you can see, but there's times when it's dark, it's black, and you can't see anything. So by poking a hole or cutting a hole in the roof with a chainsaw and then um, poking a hole through uh, the drywall and allowing all that, that hot air to escape, that gives those guys not only relief, but it helps them find the fire faster. So here is the thing. Okay, so right now, modern roofs have these things, they're lightweight trusses, and they're attached by these things called gusset plates. A gusset plate is a, a metal plate with little spikes sticking out. And they don't stick out very far. And what they do is they put these gusset plates on your trusses, and that's all that's holding them together. So what happens is in a fire, heat goes up, fire goes up. So if a fire gets in the roof, which often happens, it chars that gusset plate, or it chars around that gusset plate, heats it up, it chars the wood, and eventually that gusset plate will fail, and the truss will fail. And go on YouTube and start search for uh, firefighters falling through a roof, and that's what you'll see. You'll see them walking across the roof like everything's cool, and the next thing you know, they just drop straight down. That's because something in that truss system failed, and the first things that fail is the gusset plates. At 1500 degrees, steel um, st um, stretches, elongates, and can twist and fail. Those gusset plates, uh, it, it, they don't need that much. Once they start heating, they start charring around the wood, and then they also start um, uh, peeling away from that, that lightweight truss. So what ends up happening is the roof can fail. Now, as the roof is constructed now, like my house, my house was built in 2006. As the roof is constructed now, my roof, without any fire load, can handle the tiles that are on it, the sheeting, and then a little bit extra. I got solar panels up there, so it's handling that little bit extra. But that is putting extra weight that's called a dead load. That's putting extra weight and extra. Um, that's putting extra weight on those trusses. Now, if I have a fire in my house, that becomes a problem because that extra weight is now um, on being held by compromised trusses. Now we do what's called a live load, which is firefighters. I weigh. I'm five eleven. I weigh two hundred twenty pounds. Uh, Everybody on my truck, with the exception of one person, 
weighs over 200 pounds and the one person is a girl she i don't know she's probably 160 or something like that she's pretty tall and fit so if you if you take three of us uh i'm at 220 then you add my pack my gear and um my tools i'm now at 300 pounds uh, the next guy in the back, there's usually five people on a ladder truck, but the next guy in the back, he's at 300 pounds. My captain, he is at right around 300 pounds. So three of us go up to the roof, 900 pounds of live weight now on the roof with solar panels. This is uh, the potential disaster for firefighters. On top of, like, really what happens at this point, um, taking away the the fact that you know we're not going to cut through a solar panel roof now it increases the fire danger for it increases the danger for firefighters if the fire gets up into the roof now that load is going to come down on top of the firefighters during the firefight or has the potential to so what i'd really like to know is what is the plan like if there's a fire what's the plan for those um solar panels because if there is no plan uh we a uh might lose more firefighters and that would be terrible and i don't want to do that obviously um i don't want anybody that i know or care for dying and i don't want anybody across the the country or world dying because of solar panel fires but you're basically taking that major toolbox major tool out of our toolbox which is vertical ventilation Now we have another form of ventilation. We have a couple different forms. We have another major form of ventilation, which is basically we take this big, huge fan and we set it up in front of the door. And this big, huge fan blows pressurized air from the outside and then out usually a window. That's fine if the fire is not in the roof. If the fire is up in the attic, we're really not, it's really not doing anything. Uh, it may be even fueling the fire and making it worse. So my concern is if we have a solar roof, solar uh, panel roof that's an entire roof what's going to happen for firefighters how are we going to be able to get up and and let that superheated air get out of the house so that it gives relief for the guys inside and potential victims that's the other thing is we cut a hole in the roof to make it more tenable for our, our guys and gals but we also cut a hole in the roof to get all of that superheated gas and and toxic smoke out so if somebody is uh, sheltering in place in a room that gives them relief from the heat it gives them relief like fires rarely kill people where people die is they inhale so much toxic smoke that they become over they get overcome and then they die we usually would find them in like around exit slot windows doors that kind of thing so um i don't think that the solar roof thing is a terrible idea but what i would like to know like i said is what are the options to uh, help firefighters get that superheated air out of the of the building um, I know some fire departments rarely use vertical ventilation, but those are uh, departments that usually have less than, you know, they they usually don't have enough people on scene 
uh, because it is kind of a, it takes three people to vertically ventilate. So because of that, <clears throat> um, they may not, they may not do it because it's too resource intensive. But here in Phoenix, I don't work for the Phoenix Fire Department, I work for a neighboring department, but we all help each other out. Here in Phoenix, uh, we have more than enough resources to do that. So it's kind of our bread and butter fire. So if these solar roofs become popular, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in terms of firefighting. But that's, uh, that's pretty much it. Um, hope I didn't blabber on too much about that stuff uh, and make it boring, maybe somewhat educational. But uh, here is how you can contact me since the podcast is over. You can email me, Bodie at 918digital.com. You can uh, hit me up on Twitter at 918digital. And I've been getting a lot of followers lately, and I don't know where they're coming from. Um, it just might be rando people. Uh, so if you follow me on Twitter, hit me up, send me a message, and let me know you followed me because I'll follow you back, and I'd like to hear from you. You can also be on the podcast by calling. Uh, it's 918-401-0071. Call, leave a message if you think I'm full of crap, if you think the show's great, if you have some other point to add, or if you want to talk about something I didn't cover, please call and leave a message or send an email. And then it would be really helpful, you don't have to, but it'd be really helpful if you went to iTunes and or your favorite podcatcher, pod listening software, and left a review. That just kind of helps get more listeners. Um, trying to build this, we increased from August to September, doubled listeners, more than doubled the listeners, and uh, which is great, uh, but it's not, um, you know, it's still not a lot of people. It's, it's fairly small, less than 50 people. So, yeah, that's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. 